We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Today is Sunday, June 18th. My name is Chris Crawford. With me here is my good friend Drew Silva. On this episode, we're going to cover some individual risers and fallers from the weekend, players who showed something encouraging and others who did not. And then we'll talk some fab and waiver wire targets to round out the Sunday afternoon. But first, before we even get into the latest headlines, a very happy Father's Day to everybody. Happy Father's Day to my dad, my stepdad. My grandparents, rest in peace. Everybody who uh, has lost somebody today, I know today could be a really tough day, but uh, appreciate it. You know, uh, I think, uh, Drew, you probably echo those sentiments, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. And I also have the the dad stepfather dynamic, so I had to make two phone calls this morning. Um, <laughs> but uh, my, my biological father uh, was told me that i interrupted his nap and he was upset about that <laughs> um, and then my stepdad was over at my brother like my little brother's house he's my half brother I, I guess he's yeah from um and my little brother was making him breakfast and he was complaining that the breakfast wasn't very good oh um, no so, so, so yeah i had a, a wonderful father's day morning and i was like well you know everyone just be nice Yes, I'll be. Uh, I'll Father's be Day my is, not, is not. It's not Mother's Day. <laughs> yep, it's that's fair. Father's Day is about watching the U.S. Open, hoping Ricky Fowler can get this thing done. I asked uh, Ryan if he thought he could do it, but I'm really rooting for good old Ricky to get this thing done. And then I'll be uh, calling my biological father and saying Happy Father's Day, and then going out to lunch with uh, stepdad. So yeah, for everybody who's in here. Very happy Father's Day to you. And it was a happy Father's Day for Mets fans because this came out of nowhere, Drew. Pete Alonzo is activated from the injured list. Talk about kind of how crazy this is because this kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, good good transition there, Chris. Thank you. Um, but yeah, re- return from the injured list on Sunday far quicker than expected. He was supposed to miss up to four weeks, maybe even longer than that when the Mets placed him on the IL on June 9th because of a bone bruise and sprain in his left wrist. But he responded really well to a bit of a very little bit of rest and treatment. He started fielding grounders just five days after the IL placement. So that was like a pretty good indication that, that um, he would be able to beat the initial timetable and yeah, back in the Mets lineup for Sunday series finale against the Cardinals after just a minimum 10 day IL stint, 
there's not a lot of analysis that needs to go into Pete Alonso returning. Like obviously one of the best power bats in the sport, still the national league le- leader in home runs with 22, despite the time he's missed here in June. Um, right. Shohei Otani leads all major league hitters now in, in homers with 23. That, that guy's pretty good, Chris. <laughs> He's uh, I, I hear he also, he also pitches, which is just I've, wild. I've heard that as well. I'd love to watch it sometime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like when, when we talk about wrist injuries with hitters, sometimes there's like a dip in power in the aftermath, but that's usually related to like hamate bone stuff. And it sounds like this wrist sprain and, and bone bruise for Alonzo was a fairly minor ordeal, certainly a lot minor than the Mets were even expecting. Um, I like, he, I, I think he'll be right back to normal. The, the Homer and RBI compiler that he was before the injury and, and should be after over the course of his five major league seasons. So far, Alonzo's 162 game average rate of production is 46 homers, 117 RBIs, and an 882 OPS. Like he's never going to be a great help in in the batting average department, but he could still reach 40 plus homers this year. I mean, he was on track to to approach 60, um, and then he'll give you the RBIs to boot. And yeah, right back into the cleanup spot on Sunday afternoon with with the Cardinals throwing lefty Matthew Libertor. Yeah, it's. I mean, what else can you say? The one of the best power hitters that we'll see of this generation. It is worth pointing out that Mark Vientos gets sit down in the corresponding transaction. I do wonder if yep. Vientos could be a trade piece for them, uh, for a team that needs some help. Definitely a team that is not. I don't think we joked about it a little bit last time, but like wondering if they were going to fall out of this thing. If the if the Mets are serious about contention, I think they need to make a move. And Vientos is certainly someone who could be interesting to teams looking for right-handed power, and most teams are. So the good news with Pete Alonso is matched kind of, not quite as much, but Tristan McKenzie, we talked about it on Saturday that it was very likely that he was going to go on the injured list. No shock here. He is going on the injured list with a right elbow sprain. Unfortunately, has only been able to make two starts so far this year. But that was due to the shoulder injury. However, we have seen plenty of times where guys pick up a shoulder, a, a knock of some sort, and another injury comes because they're, uh, you know, just not quite as built up. It's very hard to simulate that type of thing. And unfortunately, with McKenzie's build, this is something we're always going to be cognizant of is injuries because yeah. he does not have the frame of your prototypical starter. When he's good and when he's healthy, he's one of the best right-handed young starters in baseball, has shown the ability to not only miss bats but initiate a ton of weak contact it sounds like this is going to be – they haven't given a timetable just yet, but I would be guessing that this will not be the minimum two-week stint on the injured list. I would imagine that Hunter Gaddis maybe is going to be the guy who gets McKenzie's spot in the rotation to begin. But I will say this. we and uh, Ryan and I talked about this on Saturday. I'd be ready for Gavin Williams, and we will offer some fab uh, suggestions. I'm not suggesting spending fab on Gavin Williams just yet. But if you want to be early, and if you're one of those people who likes to be early and have the the FOMO that I certainly can have, I would absolutely consider maybe stashing Gavin Williams if you have the bench spots because his stuff is electric and you've seen what young Cleveland pitchers can do in a short period of time. Uh, But yeah, pretty big bummer that we only got to see a couple of starts from McKenzie, and I would guess that we don't see him until probably after the All-Star break. After the All-Star yeah, I agree. Yeah, I had that terrace major muscle strain and then now right. the elbow sprain. It's <clears throat> kind of like turning into a, a lost year for McKenzie. Hopefully he can just rebound in the second half and and get it together. Um, 
but I, I wouldn't feel like super optimistic with a, a pair of arm injuries to essentially wash out his entire first half. Right. Um, Sean Murphy had a, a, a bit of a scare Saturday. He pulled up at first base after driving a ball to the wall in the third inning of, of Atlanta's eventual 10 to two win over Colorado, went to a local hospital for an MRI. Uh, thankfully it, it only showed inflammation. There's, there's no diagnosis of a strain, at least not yet. And Murphy right. has not been placed on the injured list. Uh, Chadwick Trump did get the call from triple A Gwinnett on Sunday to provide some depth at catcher. Travis Darno is starting behind the plate in Sunday's series finale versus the Rockies. But for now, I guess it seems like a big bullet has been dodged and that Murphy should be able to return at some point in the coming week. Atlanta's off Monday, then heads out on a, a six-game road trip to Philadelphia and then Cincinnati. Murphy's been awesome uh, yeah. in his first full season or his first season with the current NL East leaders, five games up right now in the second-place Marlins. The second-place Marlins. Um, but yeah, for Murphy, a, a 287 average, 919 OPS, 12 homers, 42 RBIs through 57 games. He's settled into the cleanup spot in Atlanta's lineup, even jumping to third at times. You love that, like a, a fantasy catcher who's hitting in a prime production area of a batting order. Um, I went and looked this up. You know, Murphy was the ninth catcher eligible player off the board in the average wow. draft this spring gracious. yeah a lot of people wanting to redo on that yeah uh, so it was jt real muto first then dalton varsho will smith adley rutschman salvador perez wilson Contreras. yikes uh, mm. alejandro kirk mj melendez and then murphy there in, in the ninth mm. spot in the average draft he's been the number one most productive catcher in standard five by five scoring leagues that that list goes uh sean murphy Will Smith, Adley has been great. Jonah Heim, Salvi, Realmuto, Varsho, Elias Diaz, and then Francisco Alvarez. So, you know, I mean, Murphy's been a great value in fantasy. He's been a great pickup for Atlanta and hopefully steering clear of the injured list with this hamstring issue. It didn't look good. Um, he was limping, but yeah, the, the early scans are promising. Sometimes we, we kind of know how this situation goes. Like, sure. All right, the, the scans didn't show a strain, but he, he can't walk on it right for a few days, and they just backdate the IL stand. That could happen. Uh, but for now, at least, it doesn't seem like it's something that's going to sideline him for you know multiple weeks. So did you happen to see what happened before the Atlanta game involving Chadwick Trump uh, and Charlie Culberson? No. Okay, so right before the game – uh, Culberson was designated for assignment so that they could call up Chadwick Trump. Uh, guess whose father was supposed to throw out the first pitch at uh, Sunday's no. game? No. Yeah. Yeah. Charlie's I'm going to get, yeah. Charlie's dad was supposed to throw out that first pitch. And I'm going to give Atlanta a little bit of guff here because Culberson is an emergency catcher and would have been just fine in that situation. You easily could have made this roster move uh, a day later or maybe two days later. That's a pretty screwed up thing to do, man. Or maybe just let Culberson do the thing. It ended up Michael Harris's father ended up throwing out the first pitch instead. Oh, man. But like, you know, man, that is that is bad timing, folks. It's just it's a rough business, man. It's like, a rough business. Because there there have been times where like the, there'll be a bobblehead night for someone that oh, yeah. has been traded or sure. 
And like sometimes they'll cancel the bobblehead night, but I'm like, you you definitely made thirty thousand bobbleheads. Where are they, where are they going? <laughs> to the they like wind up in South yeah. America somewhere or something. Yes, absolutely. Building a wall with that stuff for sure. Uh, I get to talk about some positive news now, and that is that Carlos Rodon uh, has been cleared to begin a rehab assignment starting Tuesday with good old Double A Somerset. The trip, the the minor league names for the uh, Yankees still get to me. Lehigh Valley, Somerset, Hudson. Uh, uh, what's going on? Can't you have a normal city, by the way, New York for your farm teams? It's just ridiculous. Scranton Wilkes, Scranton Yeah, sorry, Scranton Wilkes very not Lehigh Valley. Uh, we regret the air. Um, so the expectation is that Rodon will make right around three starts in the minor leagues uh, before returning from the sixty-day injured list. Probably puts him in tr- on track to return right around July. It does look like. Uh, if everything goes well, he'll be back before the All-Star break, which is great. Um, for those who need a reminder, Rodon was signed to a $162 million six-year contract after having just two spectacular seasons, but has yet to be able to make his major league debut, or his debut with the Yankees, excuse me, because of a forearm injury and also some back trouble. I mean, Rodon, I, I think this is a really interesting situation because... When he's on, Drew, I don't think there's a better left-handed starter in baseball right now. Like, his swing and miss stuff is so palpable, and it's also heartwarming for me to see because, like, he was the best starting pitching prospect that I had ever seen in terms, like, uh, of anybody, regardless of college, high school, whatever. Um, So to see him reach that level. But he's dealt with injuries pretty much throughout his career, um, was probably overworked at NC State. I'm pretty excited to see him, and I got to be honest, if somebody – is like dangling him right now, I'd be looking to acquire him because the the upside that you could get from a Rodon for this final second half of the season, it's very tough to find somebody who's better than Rodon in terms of upside. Yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of a classic fantasy baseball tale where like, I don't know, I'm, I'm worried that he's not going to make it through this rehab stint without a oh, setback. Too. Yeah. But if he, if he does like, yeah, the upside going into so he'd probably return right after the All Star break the way it lines up, and the yeah the the, the potential upside for strikeouts and and wins and you know the the ERA can be a little wild with him, but it's mm-hmm. it's better than almost anyone on the board. Like he he would immediately be a top fifteen starter if if he gets through this rehab assignment and and shows good health and is back to form. I I would I would definitely I don't know it's. You know what you're getting into if if you make a trade for him yes. right now. But you got to be aggressive in fantasy. And I, I don't know. It, you're always taking risks no matter what yeah. you do in fantasy baseball, right? And yeah. It, 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 it finally seems like he's over the, the back and, and forearm issues that have that have paused, like caused this delay in his Yankees debut. And, man, people are freaking out about the Yankees. I, I like to – to joke that like if you only follow the the Yankees on Twitter you'd think they're like the worst organization in baseball history <laughs> it's something man the freak out but but this year there's like i think actual reasons to be a little bit freaked out about it and i i wonder what they'll do with the trade deadline like i mean they're not going to win the AL East they could certainly fight back and get into a wild card spot sure um but do they want to like Man, they've just they've had so many things go wrong from like players not performing and then obviously just injury stuff. Aaron Judge got another injection 
for his toe. And was there a follow-up Yankees? So Yankees manager, Aaron Boone mentioned that he also had another ligament that was bothering him, but there wasn't really like a follow-up on that. I, I haven't seen anything. I, this is, he's going to be out after the all-star break too, which is, which is not good for, for what their plans are going to be like going into the trade deadline. I, I wonder if they might actually take this opportunity to, to sell some parts. I, I know that they don't really do rebuilds in the Bronx, but, no, it might not be a bad idea to do a little bit of a rolling rebuild. Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of a weird situation. Cause I don't know like what you're really dealing if you're in New York, but maybe you're just kind of standing. Donaldson, I think. Yeah. yeah I Don- well, although I'm, I, I the, the, the interest in Donaldson would be very interesting to me because uh, of the, <laughs> of the person and also the, the injury issues and, and yeah. Um, real quick, before we get into uh, the second half of the show, the other thing I want to talk about, so I worked this morning, seven to eleven my time, and it was I called it to my buddy Evan, our buddy Evan over at RotoWire, Scratch a Palooza twenty twenty four, because there were a bunch of lineup changes that happened right before. The biggest one that we got to talk about is Gunnar Henderson was scratched from the lineup. Now the good news is, it seems weird saying this, but it was a, f- a stomach flu that is apparently has been going around the. Uh, Baltimore clubhouse we don't want anybody to get sick but obviously we'd prefer Gunnar Henderson to have the flu to having structural damage or having an actual injury they're calling him day-to-day of course uh Orioles have an off day on Monday so I would guess he's probably back in the lineup on Tuesday or Wednesday Heimer Candelario scratched with I believe a thumb issue is what they ended up saying Candelario has been really good this year Drew one of the better pickups I think that and I think he's a really interesting name to watch on the trade market by the way um assuming he's healthy We've got to make sure that he is healthy, but uh, Candelario going down. And unfortunately, too, Matt Veerling, who just came off the injured list with a back injury, scratched with back spasms. Normally, I wouldn't bring up Matt Veerling on a fantasy-related show, but the fact that these guys were scratched within four minutes of each other, all three scratched within four minutes of each other, all I'm going to tell you, Drew, is the Sunday shift is not a fun one necessarily, and I'm pretty sure the Carpal Tunnel is coming in the middle of July. Yeah, that's not a not a fun time on the newswire when all that that breaks <laughs> right there at the end. Um, yeah, but yeah, let's no, let's ahead. yeah let's get into some some three up from Saturday. Um, I'll well, start before we do that, before we do that, go ahead, go ahead. Let's let's take a quick commercial break that doesn't exist if you're watching this live on YouTube. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, so let's get into those three up, three down. And Drew, Blake Snell did not welcome his former teammates very friendly, did he? Yeah, no, he had a, a great outing Saturday against the Rays, as you mentioned, his former team. Revenge game narrative. Uh, 12 strikeouts over six scoreless innings, only two hits allowed, three walks, a hit by pitch too. So there was some wildness in there, but um, wildly effective. Actually, his second straight start with 12 strikeouts. It's, it's like part mm. of maybe, I don't know, like a quietly excellent run here from Snell. I, I think it's flying under the radar a bit because the Padres in general have been a letdown here in the first half sure. of the season, but Snell has a 0.6 OERA over his last five starts dating back to May 25th, 45 strikeouts and 30 innings over that span. Um, And in his last two starts, this is one of those like fun with numbers, cherry picking stats that you see on Twitter, but (laughs) I I enjoy it. Um, Let me, let me get this right. So Snell has struck out all nine opposing starters in a lineup, two games in a row. So yeah. He's gotten all of all of the opposing hitters with at least one K. He's just the fourth pitcher ever to do that, joining Randy Johnson in 1992 and 1999, Pedro Martinez in 1999 and 2000, and Jacob Degrom who did it in 2021. Yeah, so big unit Pedro and Degrom, like you couldn't ask for Hmm. better company as far as like modern starting pitchers go. I don't, I was like trying to find an angle. I, I don't see a ton that Snell is doing differently. He just, he has all four of his pitches working at the moment. He's right. comfortably hitting the upper 90s. Like he's touching 99 right now with his fastball. Um, he had a couple of blow up, blow ups like early on this year. His ERA was sitting in the fives last month. He was winless into May. Uh, but you're getting the good Blake Snell right now. You could usually count on the strikeouts, but he's working deeper than you usually are accustomed to he's helping an ERA and whip. Um, he's always been a high risk play in fantasy, but you know, there've been a lot more highs than lows lately. It gets the giants on the road next, a good chance to keep this stretch of dominance humming. It's probably going to stop at some point. Um, but man, you know, take, take the good. while it's good. Yeah. I mean, that's what you got to do with, I mean, I don't, I say take the bitter with the better a lot, I don't know if there's a starter that's more take the bitter with the better in terms of uh, not injury stuff. There's obviously some guys that, you know, uh, you take the bitter with the better because they're just not on the mound for Snell. It's just performance wise. Like there are times where he just loses his delivery and his command is so bad that he's not efficient enough, even when he has the good stuff to give you more than four or five innings and a lot of times less than that. And that is a very frustrating thing. But yeah, he's pitching 
awfully well as of late. I did think that strikeout stat was pretty interesting, but there are, I'm glad you brought that up, Drew. There are some just nonsense numbers. I know our buddy Suspetta's Family Barbecue has a good running yeah, total. I love some <laughs> very weird arbitrary starting points and arbitrary endpoints and things involving. Ever like, since, what, what is that baseball reference tool of, uh, where you can like, you can pretty much enter any kind of performance yes. trend yeah. and like find a matching. I mean, there's people who've like kind of made a living off it in terms of like building Twitter <laughs> followings that way. It's hey, I, I find them interesting. It's nice if you're if you're a writer like we are and you need something to grasp sure. onto. Hey, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Brandon Jury had a very nice game as well today or Saturday. Drew uh, two for five with a couple of home runs. Uh, he has been really good in the month of June. Now he's only hit three home runs, which, you know, two of those coming in those games, but he's hit 322, 365, 542. That's a 907 OPS. He's up to 263, 311, 498 on the season. I think a lot of people were pretty skeptical about Drury coming into the year just because, you know, he has had some real good stuff. When he first burst onto the scene, he was, I think, ever, one of the absolute favorites, especially in dynasty leagues. And then really scuffled for the next four or five seasons, bounced from organization to organization, had a little bit of a breakout season. But I think a lot of people were skeptical about that breakout season coming in Great American Ballpark, which can be an awfully yeah. friendly place. But he's been pretty darn good this year. Um, second base is not exactly the hotbed of hotbed positions right now, although uh Ryan gave me a stat that I can't even remember now that kind of surprised me that suggests that the position's been a little better than maybe I thought it would be this year. But Brendan Jury's been really good. Um, the chance to drive in Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, and I think he's going to probably be moving up in the lineup now pretty uh, as he's had much better results than some of these other guys that have hit fourth and fifth for them. I like Jury quite a bit. He'd be absolutely somebody I'd be targeting for help in the middle infield for the rest of 2023. Yeah, and just, you know, locked into an everyday role. Like, he's been playing a lot of first base lately because Jared Walsh has been Ooh. a nightmare. I, I, and I, it's I, it's I, sad I, to I, see, I, by the way, because he's dealt with a bunch I know, of injuries. I wonder, stuff yeah. and... Well, and, yeah, this year, what was it, like insomnia and migraines? I, there's, yeah. It seems like there's a little bit more to the story of what's going on with Jared 100%. Walsh. Like, he's been just really bad. So, yeah, I mean, Drury, you know, I think we kind of know what type of player he is, but. Mm -hmm. He's almost like a Randall Gritchick on the infield. Like when he gets hey, hot, there you, go. You, you, you ride that train, you know, there you go. And, and he's, he's, he's in a good spot right now. Um, Joey Wentz turned out to be one of the best streaming options on Saturday's full slate. Had a season high nine strikeouts across six innings at Minnesota. That's his career high now too. the nine K's uh, got no help from the Tigers offense, of course, and, and what was yeah. a two nothing loss for Detroit and <laughs> Wentz did surrender both of those runs, but the, the command was excellent. Only one walk, two hits, um, had his swing and miss stuff working. It was a 107 pitch outing. Detroit's rotation is like a hot mess right, right now. Lots of yes. bullpen games, lots of openers going on because of all the injuries. So Wentz at least like provided some stability and some rest for those relievers. There are a few Tigers starters who are nearing a return from the IL. Uh, Tarek Skubal, Matt Manning, eventually Eduardo Rodriguez. So this is probably sort of an audition period for Wentz to see if he's worthy of a permanent rotation spot. What I find interesting is that he kind of like abandoned his cutter Saturday. And it, it was a pitch that he used to throw a ton. 
uh, but he went more curveball and changeup and fastball. Maybe that's a switch that like serves him well moving forward. It it certainly worked against that that Twins lineup. He gets the Twins mm-hmm. again next week. This time it'll be at Comerica Park. It would be on Friday if the Tigers stay on turn. So like a full Friday slate. I think I'd consider streaming Wentz again, like with that matchup. I'm not really totally sold on the long term picture, but the fact that he's like made some changes to his arsenal. Um, you know, like I, I think they're we'll see what the entire Friday streaming slate looks like, but he at least right now stands out to me as a as a pretty good option. I wouldn't like run out and and feel like I need to roster him, but I, I like what he did on Saturday against the Twins. Yeah, and let's be honest here too, Drew. It was tough sledding to find a lot of really impressive performances on Saturday. It was uh, for a chock full slate, even with one game being written out, still pretty full. There was not a whole heck of a lot to talk about. But I did want to bring up Wentz just because those last two outings he's had, he looked good against the Diamondbacks, too, when he went four and a third innings uh, as a bulk pitcher. Uh, gave up just one hit to give up the two runs, but struck out four. Has struck out 13 over his last 10 and a third innings. You know, was a guy Atlanta liked an awful lot. And uh, Atlanta's been pretty good at this thing. Detroit has not been so good at this pitching development thing ever since the days of uh, uh, Scherzer, Purcello, Verlander. That that seems like a long time ago. But I do think Wentz mm-hmm. is interesting, and I would absolutely consider him uh, for a streaming thing. Now we got to get into the negative, and unfortunately we got to talk about Tim Anderson. So Tim Anderson at first was just dropped from the lineup or dropped down in the lineup, did not lead off against the Mariners on Saturday, his usual spot. He's not been typical Tim Anderson. And unfortunately, uh, Tim Anderson left that game with shoulder soreness. Now, Pedro Grafal did say, suggest that it was precautionary and was optimistic that he could play on Sunday. And of course he didn't because managers have never told the truth about anything ever. And it was very obvious, especially on Sunday, that this was not going to happen. Uh, By the way, Good for Zach Remillard, man. I don't know if you saw this, Drew. A 29-year-old rookie making his MLB debut comes in for Anderson yep. and unfortunately breaks my grandma's heart by hitting the game-tying single in the ninth inning off Paul Seawald and then driving in the go-ahead run in the 11th. Uh, I think he's the first player to get on four times uh, for the White Sox in his debut since like 1958, and that's a organization that's had you know, that's not a That's players. not a cherry-picking stat. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> That is pretty sweet. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, I, I'm going to give, I'm sure, I don't know if I saw it from Sarah Langs, but I'm going to give Sarah Langs credit for it anyway, because you should just Makes do sense. that in, in in regard to it. But Tim Anderson, it, it shoulder stuff can be pretty tricky, man, and they can call it soreness and all of that stuff. But I think if you're a fantasy manager and you have Tim Anderson in your lineup, you've got to be paying extra careful attention to see what's going on with him. Um, and it's been a pretty big fantasy disappointment. If, In fact, I'll ask you this, Drew. If you have Tim Anderson on your fantasy roster, are you looking to upgrade at this point? Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's yeah. there's been talk that he could be like a big trade candidate and yeah. maybe like a change of scenery spurs something. I've, I've, you know what, I've just like never been a huge Tim Anderson fan like we do this we do research like building up into draft season and yeah there are so many holes to poke into his game like he's not you know but he 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 has tended to get you you know double digit homers and steals every year and he hits lead off every time he's playing like but he he individually is not like a superstar um and often he's drafted like he is a superstar and and i 
I, 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 yes, I would be looking to upgrade. Man, if he like winds up with the Dodgers, though, would it shock you if he like has an, no. an unbelievable oh gosh, final no. two months? No, yeah, no, absolutely not. Yeah, that I think that the Dodgers could use him. Seattle could certainly use him. Uh, Colton Wong has been a disaster, and Jose Caballero has been. Um, you know, good, but obviously not the long-term solution there. I think Anderson makes I mean, a lot of sense. Yeah. The White Sox well, are only well, five and a half games back. That's the th- that's what I was going to say. Like the, because of the geography, centrals, yeah. they, they're just, I'm, I'm telling you, we're going to ban shoulders and we're going to ban divisions, Drew, one way or another. You're going to ban uh, the central time zone with me on the podcast? Yeah, uh, the time zone is not my favorite either. Like it's easily the one that was the most difficult. And because of television stuff, it becomes even more difficult. Like if you're in there, because you know, you see the seven central eight Pacific or seven central eight Eastern or whatnot. Come on, just, just go with the flow. Take, 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 take one for the team and move over to the East coast. You're telling me to move. Yeah. Oh gosh. I'm telling you to move. We can get into that after the St. St. Louis is beautiful. I, it is beautiful. It's it's absolutely beautiful. It'd be really nice to send postcards when you leave this the place to talk about Bobby Miller. Uh, yeah, all right. I'm, I think he was our uh, our cover shot athlete on on this Father's Day show that has gone off the rails. Um, but he ran into a wall on on Saturday against the Giants. Entered that outing with a, a 0.78 ERA through his first four major league starts. And then went out and coughed up seven earned runs on seven hits and three walks over five and two yeah. third innings. Um, it all pretty much fell apart for him and for the Dodgers between the fifth and sixth. It was ultimately a 15 to nothing win Ooh. for the rival Giants at Dodger Stadium, not far from where the U.S. Open is taking place, which I have on my, my tablet here. I'm, I'm trying to come up with some kind of like tie in with golf and, <laughs> and what Bobby Miller did. I'm in this, this U.S. Open pool and and you, you mentioned Ricky Fowler earlier. I, I have him on like you pick six golfers and you take the top four scores you get. And not a ton nice. of people picked Fowler in this pool. So if he pulls this off, I'm going to, I'm going to have a really good Sunday. Um, nice. Anyway. Uh, and I do like when we're, we're talking time zones, I like when these golf tournaments are on the East coast. Cause oh. I get like prime time golf, you know, like yes. they, they were playing until about nine 30 last night, I believe, which was awesome. Yeah. Like, something something to watch other than i'm not really watching many cardinals games right now so (laughs) fair fair (laughs) enough i need something and and nba is over it's you know it's kind of the doldrums but anyway i I, back to bobby miller i I think i don't know i i think i want to call this a a blip because he's been so good overall um since he got the call yeah he's had like ups and downs in the minors i i think when I watch him like I test for me, I'm like, this dude is like a, a rising star. I, I could understand some panic from a fantasy perspective. He has the Astros next. So you feel like you just got burned. But again, I, I think he's like a, a real talent with a, a fairly secure spot in that Los Angeles rotation. I'd, I'd run him out there again. I'd, I'd keep, I'd keep running him out there as long as the Dodgers are running him out there. Yeah, I mean, look, this was going to happen. You cannot be as good as Bobby Miller was for the entirety of the season. Um, the Giants lineup isn't great, but it's certainly capable if you don't have your best stuff of putting the ball over the fence and doing some damage. And Miller just didn't have his best command. Uh, it's worth pointing out that like he had had, like, I think, 14 swinging strikes in his previous two starts in both of them. I think he only had nine, which is, is not great. Um, 
I'm yeah. still holding on to Bobby. The, the, I, like, I, I saw those numbers too, and I was like, eh, maybe, maybe there's not the dominance that I. Yeah. No, I mean, look, he's he's a guy that you know. I don't think he is a future ace, but I do think he's a future strong mid rotation starter. And he was putting up beyond ace numbers over these first few starts, and it gets good lineups too. Like to do that against yeah. Philadelphia, to do that against New York, who is struggling, as we talked about, uh, to do that against Atlanta in that first start is really impressive. But this is we t- we talked about bitter and better. This is what you have to do with rookie hurlers. Like you take the risk that something is going to go bad. And the fact that he was even able to give you five and two thirds innings is pretty great, to be honest with you. Like this could have been like Bryce Miller absolutely probably lost you a league with a couple of starts that he had not too long ago. That's that's just <laughs> true. That's just the thing that happens with young starters. Uh, we will see Yuri Perez, who I am absolutely infatuated with watching right now. He's been so good. We will see him have you know, his struggles like, as well. Right. There's been talk of the Marlins sending him down. I, Yes. I, I can't believe that would happen. But. Well, I, I can and I can't. Well, because the thing is, Yuri Perez just doesn't have the the build to handle. Or the, he has the build. He hasn't been built up to handle this kind of modern yeah. Ridger type thing. They need to stunt and his he, innings a bit. Yeah, they, they do. And, you know, we saw the Mariners do this with George Kirby last year. You, I think you'll see something yeah. similar like this where um, especially if they can take advantage of going to a four-man rotation, which a lot of teams can because – Drew, have you looked at the schedule? There are so many off days for some of these guys coming up for a lot of teams. And I imagine the Marlins have one of these things like the Mariners. So I have like Mondays and Thursdays off, it seems like for the foreseeable future, which is, you know, great for the, the rotation that they can skip Brian Wu if they want to, but also no fun because you want to watch, you know, your team play baseball. But yeah. I do think I haven't really able- adjusted to to the balanced schedule thing it's, yeah it's, it's uh, me yeah it's just weird me either yeah uncle ted talks brings out imagine perez going to the bullpen i mean if you put him in the bullpen having that stuff for a couple of innings like that could be absolutely that's not just, a bad idea yeah it's not a bad idea whatsoever he also brings up by the way uh when we were talking about tim anderson uh ronnie mauricio getting called up i'll talk about ronnie mauricio in a second because uh i do think there is potential for some good there um Ha, Denelson Lamette. <laughs> I regret Boy. stating some nice things about him not too long ago. He has been an absolute disaster, has been already sent down to AAA. It's disappointing because Lamette looked really good in the minors, and there were some really positive reports from scouts. I, it didn't carry over even a little bit. And Lamette is a guy now that I think you just basically have to forget in fantasy circles, unless he ends up going to the bullpen and getting a chance to be like a high leverage reliever type of thing, because I do think that stuff can play as keep a high holding leverage on, guy. Chris, keep holding on. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I'm not going to keep holding on. If it's in Colorado, like that's ridiculous. I, I'm not, be, I'm not, I will never ever trust a starter in Colorado ever again. You, you hold my head uh, to that. Gabriel Hughes, you're a very interesting prospect. I can't like you because you play for the Colorado Rockies. Hermaine Marquez, I'd love to see you pitching somewhere else on a more consistent basis oh, when you get healthy. Now he's hurt. That sucks. And man. now he's hurt. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Denelson Lamette, I I just wanted to take the time to say that I recommended him as a potential $0 or $1 fab guy a couple of weeks ago. Whoopsie-daisy. And this would have been the year that Herman Marquez finally gets out of Colorado and then he gets injured. <laughs> it's, it's, a very, it's a very Rockies thing to, to happen. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, I, I, man, I, I feel, I feel he had Tommy John, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So, and I think he's a free agent this winter. Or so you're looking at him more... signing. If he, if he is a free agent, I, I can't recall right now, but it's, uh, this, is, this is, this is great research that we're doing drew on this wonderful <laughs> podcast on well, father's day. Um, uh, but I will up. say this. Yeah. If he is, or even if he's not, you're looking about at acquiring him at a, uh, a song for the 2024 season. And he then he is a free agent. Yeah. Yeah. So he'll be looking at one of those deals where he gets, uh, a decent paycheck, but it'll be the decent paycheck coming in 2025, hoping that you can backloaded type of thing. But yeah, Colorado, (laughs) it's definitely a thing that you uh, should look to avoid. Here's some names that you should not look to avoid, Drew. Uh, And why don't you start with, uh, with our fab waiver targets? Because uh, while Bobby Miller struggled in his start, there was another young starter for the Dodgers who absolutely did not. Your your segues are on point today. I'm I'm good at this. Uh, man. Yeah, I just I just talked about Bobby Miller in that Dodgers rotation, and there are some moving parts to it, like you know, in injuries and Noah Syndergaard being terrible. Um, but manager Dave Roberts confirmed on Saturday that Emmett Sheehan will get at least one more turn in that rotation, likely coming on Wednesday against the Angels. Right now, lined up to to face off against Shohei Otani wow. in that one which would be pretty cool to see. Sheehan was amazing in his major league debut Friday against the Giants, six hitless innings to become just the third pitcher in MLB history to not allow a hit over at least six innings in his big league debut. That's not a cherry pick stat. That's cool. Um, Got pulled at 89 pitches. He could have gone a bit longer, but you you know, it goes with modern baseball managing and with a rookie pitcher. Um, If I'm being honest, like Sheehan was not, really on my radar at all coming into the year a a sixth round pick in 2021 out of boston college there's i know there's been some debate about like whether he would emerge as a reliever when he makes it to the majors he's worked as a reliever at times in the minors but he had primarily been in a starting role this year at double a tulsa and was repeating the great strikeout numbers that he posted last year uh, in the minors, and then he was also had a, had a really good run in the Arizona League. Uh, has really emerged, um, and yeah, this season, eighty-eight strikeouts through fifty-three and a third innings in the minors. Last season, one hundred and six strikeouts and sixty-eight innings between High A and Double A. Uh, we'll we'll see how long the Dodgers keep Sheehan up, but I mean, through one start, like he's obviously outperformed many of their options in, in what has been an injury-plagued rotation, and. I, you know, could potentially pitch his way into like more of a regular rotation spot, even when the Dodgers get a little healthier. Um, I say you start him against the Angels confidently because of what he did in, a, in his big league debut. He would be at Coors Field after that if he does stay up. Um, so I don't know, maybe you'll allow yourself a reevaluation period, and that's probably what the Dodgers are going to do anyway. If he pitches well against the Angels, I'm probably starting him even in Colorado, like. The, the swing and miss stuff is legitimate, and I'm sure mm-hmm. it would work really well in a relief role, but right now the Dodgers need him to be a starter, and, and at least through one turn, he's been a very good starter. Yeah, and you you didn't see a ton of strikeouts in that first start, but if you watched it, you could see the stuff. Like yeah. You could see that there is the ability to miss bats. He has an excellent fastball. Um, the change can be an out pitch. Uh, wasn't his at his best with that pitch, to be honest with you, uh, in that start, but certainly has the stuff 
to be a really strong starter. So he'd be number two on my uh, fab list, but normally number one. The only reason he'd be number two for me is because I think you have to go get Luis Matos. So Matos received the call up, unfortunately, with Mitch Hanniger being placed on the injured list as a Mariner fan. That just breaks my heart. But I was happy to see that it was an ulnar fracture because it's only going to be looks like a two month injury rather than something that could keep him out for a very long amount of time. But Matos has been a superstar in the minor leagues, 350, 415, 561 with 10 homers over two levels. Uh, and in his time in San Francisco, it's a very small sample size, but he's gone three for eight and he's drawn five walks already, which just shows to, goes to show you how patient this guy is. And, you know, he's, it's been helped by the fact that some pitchers have not thrown strikes to him. But you see that he's a, an, a patient hitter. Um, the power hasn't shown up just yet over eight at bats. And that's not his strong suit. We're not talking about in terms of the 2080 scale. We're not talking about a 60 70 power guy. We're talking 50 55. But that can give you 15 to 20 homer pace. Uh, a fast guy. My probably my biggest concern with Matos is, is that the Giants just don't run. They are not a stolen base heavy team whatsoever. Uh, Gabe Kapler likes to go station to station, but I really like Mato's skill set. I think he can help you in the run category. I think he can definitely help you in the average category. A lot of scouts I talked to were talking about this guy a couple of years ago, having a 70 hit tool, then really struggled in 2022, only hit 215 Ooh. over 93 games, and then was absolutely bounced back we've seen this from plenty of prospects drew that no prospect development is linear uh other than you know a few guys who are just superstars right out of the gate um or guys who are not very good that unfortunately happens too but i'm all in on matos i'd be willing to spend a healthy chunk of my fab bib to get him in because i think he's going to be playing every day the fact that he's been playing center field kind of tells you that they believe this is the real thing because moving mikey stremsky from that position right. into left field yeah. and right field and stuff that suggests that they're not having him just you know be up for this cup of coffee to test things out that suggests to me that luis matos as long as he performs is going to be here and i think he's going to perform and i think you got to add him yeah, I think the the path there to just locking in an everyday role moving forward is is obvious, and we'll see. Like I, I, I he's a he's a tough player to evaluate, but you know the speed is there, and I'm I was I like kind of was surprised when you said you talked to Scott that said he had a seventy hit tool. I I don't really necessarily like see that in the numbers, but. You know, I, I'm not I'm not a scout, so like I, I believe. Well, take a look at take, take a look in the numbers in 2000. I'm sorry, to, I'm sorry to talk over you. Take a look at the numbers in 2021. No, no, 2000 because he had 367 and 219, 313 in 2021, yeah. and then 350 this year. the The 2022 season was obviously a lost season for him. Um, but right. I just wanted to point that out. That like, if you just look at 2022, you're not going to get the full story on Luis Matos. It was a bit confusing. It was it was like I guess there were injuries, but I, I yeah. don't know. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, the upside is clearly there, and the, the the path toward everyday playing time, and like he could certainly move up that lineup too. Like it's not a a, a line. Yeah. Like what is he batting eighth? I think on Sunday. He, I, I think mean, so. He, he hit second uh, against a lefty not too long ago, but um, yeah, yeah, that uh, and he's probably one of those guys where. You want it to be really invested in him. You do want him hitting at the top because it's just easier to predict scoring runs. But it may not matter. Um, the the Giants lineup doesn't have a great middle. It doesn't have a terrible middle. It doesn't have a great top. It doesn't have a terrible top. It's just kind of average. Exactly. So I'm not sure it completely yeah. matters where Luis Matos bets. Yeah. Uh, 
Bo Naylor joined his mm. brother Josh on the the Guardians Major League roster this weekend. Shortly after Cleveland designated Meg Zanino for assignment, that was on Friday. Oh, Somewhat yeah. of a surprising move. Um, Zanino just like wasn't the source of power that the Guardians thought he could be when they signed him. And right. but that decision does like carve a, a clear path. We were talking about it with Matos for for Bo Naylor to take over as the primary catcher for Cleveland. Um, we saw Naylor for a short period of time last year. He went 0 for 8 with five strikeouts across his first five major league games, but he's done all the proving that he needs to do at AAA Columbus. This year had an 890 OPS with 13 home runs, 12 doubles, 48 RBIs through 60 games. Uh, he was excellent in the minors last year, 28 homers and 20 steals. You, you love to see stolen bases from a catcher. I, um, he's not been a, as aggressive on the base paths this season. I don't know that that will be a huge part of his game, like the stolen bases, but it's he's a, like at least a, a non-zero in that department. And sure. I think definitely a good good power bat. He probably will strike out a lot, um, but that's nothing new for like productive fantasy options. And for the position that he plays, you know, we talked about catcher earlier with Sean Murphy. It's, it's a position that is seen in an ejection of offense, some new names, but mm-hmm. – if you're lugging along an, an unproductive catcher in fantasy at this point, like be aggressive, make a switch. It doesn't have to be Bo Naylor, but I think he'd be a pretty intriguing pickup. Um, there's just a, a lot more offense at the catcher position right now. Like there's there's intriguing options on the waiver wire, and if Naylor's still out there, he he would he would be one of them. Batting eighth Sunday against the Diamondbacks, but I think could move up the Guardians order pretty quickly. It's the 28th ranked offense in OPS right now, only ahead of the the A's and Tigers. So, man, they need something. <laughs> I'm surprised. It's honestly, I, I wouldn't have been shocked if you would have told me 30th, even as bad as Oakland is Detroit are, because that well, Cleveland lineup. Josh Naylor and, and Jose Ramirez have been great. And then, yes. you know, like Andres Jimenez has been a letdown. We talked about him last week. Uh, yeah, they, they need Rosario. a little offensive help. And I, I yeah, I'm at Rosario. I, I, they need some offensive help. And I think that. I mean, hopefully Bo Naylor can be that you're more of the, the prospect guy. And I know he didn't look at very good in like a short cup of coffee last year. Do you think, I mean, at least for a catcher, I think Bo Naylor could be an immediate help, right? Absolutely. Like we, Ryan and I talked about this for just a short amount of time, but like you're absolutely, you rush to go get him in a two catcher league for sure. Like there just is no way in heck that you're not adding him. And then if you're one of those players who is, rostering like catcher 10 and 10 11 12 i'm at least adding and stashing to see how he handles this stuff because it's never been a question for for talent with nailer the other thing to keep in mind with nailer is he's a good defensive catcher he's not like an elite defensive backstop but he's good there this is not a future first baseman type of thing he should be able to stay behind the plate and that's good for the short term and the long term because he's going to give you um that positional ability and he's a better defensive catcher than cam Gallagher. So like, and cam Gallagher is just not a good player. My one caveat here is I do wonder if he is not going to play a ton against left-handed pitching at first, I would imagine that maybe Gallagher gets the starts there at first. So a little bit of a hurt in terms of the overall counting stats, 
But yeah, I'm all in on Bo Naylor. He ranked second on my list. He actually technically ranked third on my list. I cheated Drew and had a 1A and 1B because I knew Luis Matos was getting called up literally as the article was being published. So I had Christian Encarnacio Strand as 1B and I had Naylor as 1A, or excuse me, and then I had Matos as 1A and then Naylor was number two and absolutely rushing to go get him because I think he can help you in several offensive categories. So Ronnie Mauricio was the other guy I quickly wanted to talk about. What's really yeah. interesting about Mauricio is, so there were some rumors last week about him being, him being called up. Every New York meet, New York Met beat writer quickly rushed to tell you that is not happening. But it's worth pointing out he's been playing in the outfield as of late, which is very interesting mm-hmm. because it's just, you don't, if, you, if you're not planning on calling this dude up, it doesn't make sense for him to play anywhere but shortstop or second base right now, right? This is a chance to see what he can do in terms of, other positions providing some flexibility for you. Mauricio's had an excellent season in AAA. Uh, bounced back from kind of like Matos, a disappointing 2022. Uh, was a guy who was considered potentially a top 25 prospect, fell down to the bottom half of the 100, left off some lists from some people that I trust. I like him a lot, and he wouldn't necessarily be a fab bid right now for me. But if you can add him for zero or one right now, I certainly would because. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a very expensive ad if he if he gets that call up in the middle of the week and then you have to bid against a whole bunch of people. I'd rather have him now and maybe, you know, it's it stinks if you have to drop somebody you pick up without getting any single stat from him. But I'd rather have him and have that to the alternative of, oh, crap, I could have had this guy for zero money and now he's going to cost like one third of my fab bids. I love that he's been adding this. I mean, he had to add a little bit of defensive versatility to like, to you know clear way to get to the majors and yes but you know the the injuries happen and he he has now shown the ability to play shortstop second base and the corner outfield Mm -hmm. um i i think he's coming soon it's it's kind of weird that it hasn't happened yet to be honest but right um well he's he's on the way you just gotta keep giving it bats to eduardo escobar and luis guillorme and uh Mets fans love Luis Guillorme. Don't talk, don't talk dirty about him. <laughs> Very sorry to you say. You like my in and out shirt, by the way. Oh, I like your in and out shirt quite a bit. I was going to ask if you like my All Star Game hat. Do you like that? With the uh, can you see? The oh, I forgot in that. There? That's in Seattle this year. That yeah, is in really Seattle cool. this year. I uh, are you planning maybe, on going uh, to any of the the stuff? I'll be going to the Futures Game for sure, and I'm we're talking Sweet. about maybe going to the draft, but I might have to do some work stuff that uh, old draft which i've done quite a bit <laughs> in my time of yeah. working with you for the last i think 63 years is how long i've worked for you with you Drew. can they get uh, you a press pass for the we should probably talk about this off air but for the future we'll talk game, about maybe? that off air because there is <laughs> there's interesting things to talk about in that regard uh real quick before we go who wins the open remember this is you know, this is gonna dust- be uh, Dustin Johnson has scared me, but he kind of he didn't have the Saturday I thought he'd have. I'm looking at the leaderboard right now. Um, I Scheffler, Rory's had so many bad Sundays. I, I'm gonna say Fowler. Ricky, Ricky, Ricky does it, man. Oh, I hope so. That that missed putt at 18 really was not a great ominous sign. I got to tell you, but I'm really, really I agree, man. <laughs> I think he's probably like the second or third best pga tour player to not win a major to be completely honest with you like i believe yeah. westwood is the goat of that at this point but like and there is, this is uh, the best stretch of his career you know since easily. he was like this phenom 
Yeah. I just really hope I see him in an all orange outfit when I turn on the TV in not too long to see him uh, close this thing out. But uh, I love that. Yeah. He's not even on the course yet. I've got a lot of golf to watch. It's going to be, yes, gonna, there's going to be naps. Yes. There's going to be food. It's going to yes. be great. <laughs> it's going to be great. Um, yeah. We're talking about golf on the father's day folks. There's nothing you can do about it, but that will be it for us. Thank you for tuning into the Rotowire fantasy baseball podcast. Please rate and review the show. If you like what you're hearing and if you really like it, please hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Crawford underscore M I L B and drew is at drew Silve. Stay tuned for more episodes because we have a new one every single day of the week. Take care. And again, a very happy father's day to everyone. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com